Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is actually a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path. And I should say, uh, I do talk a lot about grief in this podcast, um, but the Healing Path is about more than, you know, just death and recovering um, from losing loved ones. It's, for me, also the journey of, you know, raising a special needs son, um, who's my only living child. And although I do talk about my other children, sometimes I think it's um, also fun to talk about things that aren't related to death necessarily, but certainly honest conversations. And uh, yeah, there's grief, even when there's no loss. So sometimes we talk about that. Um, but in any event, this is a post that was shared um, last spring, and I chose it because it kind of goes along with, we we had an extended post um, on Wednesday about COVID and the effects of um, sleep on my son and how much it helped him and just how important it is for all of us. And so um, this seemed like a segue because we were already kind of talking about COVID. Um, so this post is called Simply Decline. A friend and I agree, with all due respect to COVID losses and the tragedies that have befallen the world as a result of this virus, that one silver lining that came out of the whole world shutting down was the lack of social commitments (laughs) that we made over the last year. Instead of calendars being booked, double booked, and always leaving something early to get to another event late which is not my phrase, but it sure fits. We spent time in our lounge clothes with our families. We hosted less and spent less time at events that we were expected to attend, but now had a perfectly reasonable explanation as to why we couldn't make it. As some of the restrictions have lifted, the hustle and bustle of social and familial obligations seems to be rising back into full swing. Of course, this is fantastic news overall, but did we learn anything in all that isolation? (laughs) My friend shared with me recently that she was going to an event on a Saturday afternoon. I recognized the quote-unquote obligatory tone to her voice and commented on the generosity she would share by spending her very restricted free time supporting that event. 
I knew the tone since I struggle with invitations myself. Happily, I find myself decreasingly able to participate in things that don't align with my core, but my discretion in deciding what engagements to resume is certainly a work in progress. And even now, a year later in the spring of 2022, it's it's true. It's something we're all still kind of working on, I think. But on this particular day, in response to my comment to my girlfriend about it being a generous choice on how to spend her time, she replied, it'll be fine. Insert a bunch of reasons why it's a good idea. Plus, I'll have a cocktail and I'll get through it. I called out the growth we'd both experienced. You know, it's great that we've evolved to accept and claim what we need to do something without judging ourselves like we did for so many years, whether we needed more sleep, more help, more money, more chocolate, or more wine. We had a tendency to judge ourselves and focus on our weaknesses, also known as something is wrong with me and I need to fill in the blank, instead of just doing the thing we needed to do and kept it moving. So I do see this as progress, but we still have a long way to go. And it is great, but at what point do we get to back up out of that circumstance even further to simply decline participating in something that necessitates us to fill in the blank with something, whether it's a drink or any of the anesthesias we might reach for to get through a certain event? Is there a certain age we reach where we've earned permission to pass? (laughs) Now that we're in our 50s, do we get to stop making commitments that require anesthesia, distraction, or an altered mental state to attend? The short answer to me seems like nope. Nope, because there are always going to be people and places that want us there and may even need us there, mentally present or not, such that we will never be ordained by others to do what we want. (laughs) That's a given. But we can ordain ourselves. When we think about how to spend our precious limited moments of time on this planet, maybe we should pass on invitations to events where we can't go as ourselves. Perhaps we need to look more closely at our agreement to spend these moments in social, cultural, familial, professional, mandated engagements that require us to self-medicate, prepare, and hope to quote-unquote get through unscathed. We cannot rely on others to release us from these perceived obligations since they actually originate from ourselves. If we want to be serious about self-generosity before we prioritize the needs of others over our own, we may need to take a look at which invitations we're accepting and which ones we opt out of, as we also opt out of the anesthesia that goes with them. As I said to another friend recently, after making a really tough decision about joining something, my comment was, I don't want to disappoint anyone. But then the second part was, but I include myself on that list, and that's the big growth point. Simply decline. If we can't go as ourselves, let's let's simply decline. Um, so yeah, that's the post, and I just think this is a really important point. Um, the friend of mine that I'm referring to in this post is someone that I've known for four decades, and so when I talk about, boy, we've come a long way. 
Um, I do mean that because we met when we were really young. Um, so we have learned a lot and it's, I think a, a leap to say, Hey, I've got to do this thing. It's going to be hard. I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to, um, you know, have an earbud in so I, you know, can keep calm or I'm going to, you know, run five miles first or not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, but it's just when we're doing it so that we don't have to actually show up where we are, that's where it becomes a problem. So I feel like the collateral beauty of the COVID situation really gave us all that kind of almost like a control alt delete and to kind of reset. And I just, I wrote this a year ago, but it's still really appropriate to remind ourselves that we have a very limited amount of time on the earth. And yeah, maybe like I used to do a lot more, you're sleeping through it. And that's okay. I did it for a really long time. And I think when I tried to turn off the pain, I, you know, turned off everything. And now when I accept an invitation to an event or speaking engagement or dinner with a friend, um, anything social or, or business, I have to do that double check and just honor my own, you know, instincts to decide, is this worthy of my time? And I don't do it to be, you know, <laughs> highfalutin. <laughs> um, I don't do it to be mean or because I think my time is a more important thing to think about than the time of others. But it is because my time is at least as valuable as that of others. So I have learned to start being a little bit more discerning about where I'm spending my time, what that looks like, the preparations and things that go into, you know, different events. And um, I'm happy to report that. I, I'm certainly, it is a work in progress, but it's getting easier. And I just really encourage you to look at these situations where you have to go as someone else, meaning um, that you can't be yourself or you don't feel like you can be yourself. So you take a drink or, you know, maybe eat too much wedding cake, like whatever the thing may be. And of course, there are obligations and responsibilities, both in our love and in our work, that require us to do uh, to go to an event that we don't want to go to. Anyway, sometimes that's just being generous with our time, like I was saying about my friend who I referred to, but that should be the exception and certainly not the rule. And I don't want to disappoint anyone, but I include myself on that list. Just repeating that last line because I really want it to land. Um, so yeah, I include myself on that list and I don't want to disappoint me any more than I want to disappoint you. So it's a work in progress, but yeah, let us know how this goes um, at lisamcfarland.com if you have any experience with this or you know, maybe had an aha moment, or if you if you don't, if you're just used to sleeping and you're kind of, you know, good with that, <laughs> you want to talk about it. Love to see what your thoughts are. So please post in the comments at lisamcfarland.com. And until we meet again, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And as always, I thank you so much for listening. <laughs>